Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda. I'm Linda Davis. Thank you for joining me today. A little bit about myself before we get started. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing both. So go grab your cup and let's talk. What exactly is faith? When we have faith, what do we have faith in? To have faith, oh, I have faith. I have faith in that. I have faith it's going to come through. I have faith in you. So faith is to believe something, but we really need to check and ask ourselves, where does our faith really remain? Where does our faith lie? Where's the resting place of our faith? And our actions and our words reveal the fruit of our faith. And if we have our faith in anything other than what God has said, anything other than what God has shown us, we will be disappointed time and time again. Now, someone, a person, may be a reliable person. They may be dependable. They may be trustworthy. They may even be faithful. But our faith cannot be placed in them. If it is, we are let down at some point. And then we blame the person because we actually lifted them up on a pedestal that never should have taken place. Because we began to place our faith in them performing God's promises instead of God performing God's promises. We need to release people as being our source of faith. And we don't even realize we do it until a person we have faith in has hurt us. Now, that's really good right there. I don't want you to miss that, what I just said. We don't even realize that we have faith in a person until the person disappoints us. Now, am I saying people shouldn't be reliable? No, that's not what I'm saying. Shouldn't be dependable? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying our faith and our hope shouldn't remain with them. And I'm just throwing out a warning for us that God will show us through our disappointments of where our faith really rested. So the question really has to be, where does your faith rest? Where does it rest? Who does it rest in? Does it rest in what you see? Does somebody have to prove themselves to you? Does God have to prove himself? Or are we going to do actually what the word says? And it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I believe it's verse 7, but it says we walk by faith, not by sight. So, okay. 
I have the Passion Translation, and I just I haven't even read it in that, but I want to see what it actually says in that translation. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we live by faith, not by what we see with our eyes. And actually, if you go up a verse before that in verse 6, it says that's why we're always full of courage. Because we know God's got us. When you know, when you know somebody has you, you have a lot more courage. Like me, for example. If I'm out at night by myself, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little more aware of my surroundings. I would rather not stop anywhere. I get gas before I leave so I don't have to stop at night by myself when it's dark. I take precautions because I'm not as courageous. Now, if I go out at nighttime and I'm with my husband, I don't even think about it. We stop for gas. I don't even, my protector, so to speak, is with me. And we should be that way in the Lord. If God has said then he has said he's the one to protect his word. That's really good if you think about it. So when we go out on that word, he's the one that's going to protect it. We're not out there alone. We're not just sent out there hanging by ourselves. He's got us. And he's got the word. And the truth of the matter is the word is actually way more about his heart than us. If that makes sense, I hope that I hope that statement makes sense. What he's placed in us is not about our call, our destiny, what we want to do. It's about what he wants performed on this earth. It's about his passion, his desire, his vision for his people coming forth. And he's amazingly chosen you and me to perform it through. We're the vessel. We make all these words, all these dreams God has given us about us. That's where we're misguided in some of this. That's where our faith gets tripped up. It's really his calling. It's his anointing in us. It's his dream being birthed through us. We're the funnel. We're like the hose that gets the water from inside the house, inside the piping and the plumbing. We're the hose that gets it out onto the grass or out to wash the cars or even to the piping that to take a shower or wash the dishes. We're, we're that hose. We're that conduit. And so just like if you say you're going to do something and you're a faithful person And you have the ability to make it come to pass. I'll use myself as an example. If I promise my kids something and I have the ability to make it come to pass, I'm not backing up on my word. I'm going to make it come to pass for them. That's like telling one of my kids I'm going to transfer them money to help them with something. And then I change my mind and they're left hanging. What? What? What kind of parent is that? I never should have said, I'll give you the money in the first place. 
But because I did, I'm going to make sure I get them the money that they need because I said. It's the same with God. Now, if we just have some pipe dream and we're making it up and God never said it, it's not from his heart. He hasn't placed it in us. It's selfish ambition or desire. That's a different conversation. I'm talking about the dreams, the word, the vision God's placed in you. He's not going to say, this is coming to you. This is coming through you. I'm going to do this with you. And then back up on his word. I promise you, I promise you for coming from somebody that has seen the promises of God manifested in her life and has still yet to see some of the promises of God manifested in her life, but not backing down. I'm not backing down. And I'm encouraging you today. Don't back down. Don't do it. He does not fail to fulfill his promises. I have said this time and time again. God's going to do what he said he's going to do. And I'm going to just believe he'll do just that. And that's the truth of it. We're told in Hebrews, we're told he who promised is faithful. He's faithful. And that's what I'm going to remain on. Hebrews 10, 23. Hold Un, unwavering, unwavering, I think is one of the, what are the translations of that scripture verse? Hold on to that hope. Keep professing what you know God has said because he's faithful. He who promised did. So the first question is, did he promise? If the answer to that is yes, then you hang on with, you be like that pit bull in a tug of war fight. And you don't let go of that rope. No matter what the battle looks like, no matter what the battle gets like, if God's promises to you seem to be passing you by, you have to put it to prayer, first of all. So you have to pull over. You have to stop for a moment. Check your GPS. You know, I know we have the convenience now that is the minute we make a wrong turn in our vehicles, whether it's on our phone or whether it's a navigation system in our car, it recalculates for us quickly. That's not how the Lord works. We have to seek him. We have to enter into his presence. We have to find out, have we gotten off track? Am I the one? Am I the one holding back the promises of God? Did I turn down the wrong road? Did I, did I miss the exit and stay on the highway too long? Did I grab a word somebody else gave me instead of hearing the voice of the Lord? Where does your faith rest? Who does it rest in? God's promises are always, always yes and amen. And we have to find out what did he say about the situation? He's faithful. He's trying to fulfill his word through us. What does it say? His word does not return to him void. That means if it's from him, it's going to be fulfilled. And we just have to start speaking out what we know to be his word. Our words matter. Our confession matters. And I know some people roll their eyes at that, but it's truth. 
The scripture says it. Death and life are in the tongue. We have to go by what the word of God says. And if it says it's not returning void, it's not returning void. But the question is, is it his word? Is it what he has said? My word. Let's turn there for a minute. That's an Isaiah. Um, let me see. I don't know if I have a Bible that has that. I, it's in Isaiah 55. If you give me a minute, I'm going to jump on my computer and log in and get it because uh, I don't have the Old Testament here in front of me. It's in verse 11, yes. And actually, you know, let's back it up a little bit to verse 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts. You know, and I just, I can't tell you how many things. As a matter of fact, God just, I had a dream back in 1999, okay? It's 2018. So next year, it's going to be 20 years And I wrote that down and I kept it in a journal book. And every once in a while, by every once in a while, I mean like every couple of years, every three to four years, I pull it back out and I reread it. And there's been some things that have definitely come to pass in the dream. Yes, I've looked at it and I've seen yes. And then there's other times that I thought that a portion of the dream was being fulfilled in my own analyzing of it when really it wasn't, because then when it really was fulfilled, God was clear to show me this is that. And so anyhow, one portion of that dream, I walked it out this weekend in the natural, and God showed me. He brought the dream back to my remembrance, and picture for picture, so to speak, matching up what I was walking through in the natural, physical, earthly realm 19 years later, I was out of town for the weekend. I came home and I went and grabbed that journal. I had to hunt it down out of a closet upstairs. God brought the dream back to my mind this weekend and said, you're walking through this portion of that dream. Go look. And I grabbed it out of the closet and I dug it out. And sure enough, even down to color details, that I wrote down back 19 years ago. It matched up. So don't ever let go. Hang on to what God has shown you, especially in the tough times. That should be your encouragement, not your frustration. When you're in a difficult season and we all have them, Every single one of us has battles and struggles we face on a regular basis. Some seasons are bigger, some seasons are smaller. But they're there, and they're all either to strengthen and endure our faith, but yet also to try and rob us, to get us to quit, to get us become weary. If you've listened to my radio show, Uh, More than a few times you've heard me always encourage you, don't get weary in your well-doing because that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to get weary in your well-doing. And I say, don't do it. I say, hold on with everything you've got because God's word, God's word will not return to him void, never. And so in Isaiah 55, this is God talking to Isaiah. And he says, my ways are not your ways. 
We try to make his ways our, our ways. And I'm all for theological study, but I'm much more for the breath of the Holy Spirit on the word of God. Much more for it. I can't function without, I can study all day long. I love to study. I love to read, but I can't function without the Holy Spirit saying, this is what I was saying in that verse. Now I'll cross-reference it and cross-check it and make sure I'm not out in la-la land for sure. But we've got that what one of the titles of the Holy Spirit is exactly that our teacher. Let him teach us. The professors are great, the pastors and the apostles and the teachers, the fivefold ministry that's great. I believe in it, I do it. The prophets, the evangelists, they're all for the equipping of the body of Christ, the maturing of the body of Christ. But let's not have them replace the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Let's not have them replace who our faith should be in. Whose voice are we listening to? If we don't let go of anything else, if we don't, if we don't hold on to, if we don't hold on to anything else, we have to hold on to what God has told us and what God has shown us. Let his voice be the one that remains. I'm not going to be put in a box by man. I'm not going to be put in a box by myself, but I will have God show me, this is the avenue I have for you. This is the trail I have for you. This is the path I have for you. If I have to walk it all by myself, which I don't, but if I did, I would. And people say that a lot, but they really don't want to do it. God says, really? Will you really? Let's see how you are when you're all alone. My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. The heavens are higher than the earth, and my ways are higher than your ways, says the Lord. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts, says the Lord. Right? Just as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, they don't return there, right? No, they come down and they water the earth. This is all in Isaiah. So will my word be. Really, what he's saying, my words are just like the rain and it's just like the snow. It can't go back up. Have you ever seen it rain upwards? No. God says, so like that, my word, which goes out of my mouth, will not return to me void. Void. What is void? Without result. Without being performed. Useless. You ever hear useless words? You ever have somebody talking to you and you are looking at them and you know they are no more going to do what they just said to you than the sun not come up tomorrow. You know it. I've been in it. I've been sitting across from people and having them say this, this, and this. And I'm thinking not even one of those things is going to take place. And I've been right. God doesn't do us that way. Anything he's able to perform. He doesn't forget. He doesn't lose track. He doesn't find a better source. He'll find the obedient source. And if he has given us a word and we are unwilling to obey it, and it goes through somebody else, it is not because God just decided he's going to use somebody else. He found somebody better. It was because of our lack of obedience. Obedience and faith have to line up with one another in the Lord. In verse 11, still in Isaiah 55, it goes on to say, so 
will my word be, which goes out of my mouth, it will not return to me void. It goes on to say, without accomplishing what I desire, not what we, not what Linda desires. Put your name in the blank. Not what you desire, what God desires. Are we frustrated because God's plans aren't coming to pass? Are we frustrated because we're not being used? I'm telling you, it's self-check time, big time. Without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. (laughs) Wow. And we will go out from exile, from captivity, from being imprisoned. So we'll go into freedom with joy. And we will be led forth by the Lord himself with peace. That's verse 12. Praise God. That's powerful. That's so exciting. (laughs) I mean, his, his word's not returning to him without accomplishing what he desires it to accomplish. That's something we stand on. That's something we remain in. That's why we have dreams. That's why we've been given words. To help us to keep going to perform and accomplish his word, his desires. Don't ever let go of what God has told you or shown you. Sometimes I don't know why. I don't know why God moves quickly sometimes and and other times there's a season of waiting, a long season of waiting. I don't know why that is. I actually don't have the answer for that. I wish I did. I do know we walk by faith and not by sight. I do know everything's in God's timing, especially when we're obedient. As a matter of fact, that walk by faith and walk by sight that was back in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, In verse seven, I went up to verse six before it, right? That's why we're always full of courage. And I gave the story about going out out at night with with my husband and feeling much more courageous in that. If if we go back a little further in 2 Corinthians chapter five, let's just go all the way to the top. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. We are convinced that even if these bodies that we live in are folded up death at death like tents, we still have a God-built home that no human hand has built. See, it's what God builds that's everlasting. It's what God builds that always remains. Praise God. That's the remaining thing. That's the thing that stands. That will last forever in the heavenly realm. I'm, uh, I'm in verse 5. I'm on. I'm in chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians verse 2 now. We inwardly sigh. As we live in these physical tents, longing to put on a new body for our life in heaven, in the belief that once we put on our new clothing, we won't find ourselves naked, exposed in sin. So while living in this tent that we have, we groan under its burden, not because we want to die, but because we want these new bodies. We crave for all that is mortal to be swallowed up by eternal life. That's what that unfulfilled place that we feel inside of us is. There is no empty hope, though, praise God. For God himself is the one who has prepared for us this wonderful destiny. And to confirm this promise, he has given us the Holy Spirit, like I talked about a few minutes ago. That's like an engagement ring. It's like we're engaged to become the bride of Christ. We will live by our faith and we will live, we will not by what we see. We live with a joyful confidence. 
We take delight in the promises of God and the faithfulness of God that he never walks away. He never forgets his promises. He never forgets that he's said something. He never forgets. God never forgets. <laughs> that's that's um, powerful. We say a lot of times he's faithful. We say a lot of times uh, that... Um, that he always, that he never, uh, that we're never alone. He never forsakes us, but he never forgets. And actually, I shared this scripture um, a couple weeks ago in a Bible study. And I've actually, I have a book called "Flying Free: Answering God's Call to Freedom," and I, I share it in that book too. But there's this scripture, and it's in Isaiah 49. And, you know, it's just kind of, how, how do we know God never forgets? How, how do we know? Because we've been forgotten before. I love this scripture in Isaiah 49, and it's in verse 15. And if you've ever been a nursing woman, you can really relate to this. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? It's actually not even possible. A nursing mother, even if she wants to, cannot forget her baby because she feels the physical pain if she is not there to nurse her baby. She will be out in public and she will hear another baby, not even her baby, cry. And she will physically, her body responds to the sound of a crying baby, not even hers because she's a nursing mother. So no, a nursing mother cannot forget her baby. And God is saying in this scripture, how much more than that could I not forget you? Because he says, even if that were possible, this is God again speaking to Isaiah. Even if that were possible for a nursing mother to forget her child, which it's not, but even if it were, I would not forget you. I could not forget you. That's powerful. Because it goes on to say, I've written you in the palm of my hand. And your walls are continually before me. I will never forget you. So we have to remember, and I'm really here this morning to encourage you. God has not forgotten the promises he has spoken to you. He is not a man that he should lie. He is faithful to his word. It does not return void. I want you to do something. I want to encourage you to do something. Ask the Lord to bring back to your remembrances word that he has given you, word that he personally has given you that has not come to pass. Or even go dig out your journals. Last New Year's Eve, my husband and I dug out all our old journals all the old words and dreams God had spoken to us. And we read them and we stirred ourselves up and we put them before the Lord and we prayed about them. And so I just want to encourage you this morning to take some time in the presence of God to do that. 
and seriously ask God to show you if you've been the roadblock. Because a lot of times we place a lot of blame on other people around us, but we're the roadblock. And so I want to close this out this morning, reminding you that God has not forgotten you, number one. Number two, he does not fail to fulfill his promises. Number three, he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Number four, I want to encourage you to believe that God will do what he said he will do. And I want to finally encourage you to not let go of what you know God has said. And if you have, get back there and pick it up and repent and ask God to breathe on his word that you let go. 